The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, your nation's public radio source for news, information, advice, strategies, and techniques you need to start or grow your own real estate investing business. And January is Real Life Real Estate Investor Month here on Real Life Real Estate Investing. Why? Because I said so. This month, it is all 100% real life folks, just like you and me, not gurus, not people with educational product for sale, not service providers, people who are out there doing it every day and who are here to inspire you to do the same thing. Last week, we talked to Sam Craven, a real life investor from Houston, Texas, who's been in the business about three and a half years and has uh, created quite a sizable little operation for himself this week. We're going to go toward the more more toward the starting end of the real life real estate investing community because all of us were in that position one time where we were brand new investors, not necessarily 100% sure what we were doing but determined to make it happen. My guest today is just such a guy. His name is Nick Pappas. He is from the Philadelphia area. He is a relatively new real-life investor focusing right now on the wholesaling business, and he's joining to share with us some of the rewards and challenges of being a younger and newer real-life investor. He's joining us from his home in the Philadelphia area. Nick, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Hey, Vina, thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, and first of all, congratulations for agreeing to do the show. I didn't actually expect you to do that because most people, when they're first getting started, kind of say, well, I don't really have anything to say, and no one's going to want to Oh, I have a lot to say, believe me. <laughs> yes, 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 you do. So let's uh, let's start out sharing with listeners sort of what, what your history was leading up to going to the real estate business full time. So pretty much uh, the way that I got started, first off, uh, I'm 24 years old. Uh, I'm from Philadelphia, like Venus said. Um, I graduated with a finance degree from St. Joseph's University about 2013, um, and I've pretty much been wholesaling full-time for about the last year now. Um, what led me to get into this was pretty much the influence of my father, um, and he got his influence from his father. Both of my grandfathers um have been in the real estate business here in Philadelphia for many years, and it was a, only about a few years ago that I had whole that I had heard about the uh, strategy of wholesaling, and I knew that was something I wanted to pursue from then. So that's pretty much what led me here. 
Mm-hmm. Now, you, you say your father and your grandfather were uh, in the real estate business or interested in the real estate business. I'm going to go ahead and assume they were not wholesalers, though. Oh, no, they weren't wholesalers by any means. They were actually, they were the exact opposite. They were, you know, classic buy and hold guys. Yeah, so, so I understand, though, that you were really focused on the wholesaling business. What is it that attracted you about that strategy when what you had seen growing up was the buy and hold, more traditional rental type business? Well, the way that all started was during my earlier years of college, um, like I said, I got a finance degree, but I knew that during that whole time, real estate was my real passion, and that's what I wanted to get into. And so I was just having a conversation with my father one evening, and I said, you know, what are some things that I can do that would allow, you know, more active cash flow with regards to the passive, what buys and what buys and holds gets you. So he had heard about the wholesaling um, subject for quite some time, and that's when I started looking into it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, so you've been doing this for how long now? About a year. Okay, so so still relatively new in the business, but unlike a lot of folks who are first getting started, you are effectively full-time. Yes. You graduated from college, and you did not do what most people do when they graduated from college, which is look for a job. No, I did not. I, I jumped right into this, and uh, I pretty much hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. So what was your plan for if it didn't work? Um, well, honestly, there really was no plan. I mean, you know, my plan B was making plan A work. I mean, and that's pretty much the mindset that I took with regards to going into this. And I think that's probably half the reason of why I was able to, you know, do pretty well with it, you know. So, mm-hmm. so you, you sort of you sort of pulled the pin, and there was just nothing to fall back on. Exactly. Yeah. You 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 once said to me it was at the OREA convention this this uh, last year something that I repeat to everyone now, which is you, you said. I mean, basically, it's going to work or it's going to work. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and if if uh, one of the reasons that new investors who set out to do this don't do it is honestly they're too comfortable they they have a yeah, good job they have good health insurance they they might not love their job in fact it might annoy them a lot but honestly they're okay right they've got good income they know what they're you know they know what they're doing at their work and so on and there's no real reason for them to go through the things that one has to go through to build a real estate business. So so they have this they have this kind of vague why about about doing it and the why is like, well, I want to be rich or I kind of like to get out of this job or maybe I'd like to retire when I'm 55 instead of 65. And that's not a strong enough reason to do this to make them go through the times the times when it's hard the times when it's boring the times when it's frustrating you know the times exactly exactly the times that you that you lose deals for stupid reasons that you shouldn't use uh, lose deals so you know you you kind of set up your life in such a way that the the why was well i gotta eat yeah I, i mean yeah pretty much i mean there was no plan b like i said and, you know, I'm pretty much an all-or-nothing type person, so it's either I was going to do this or I wasn't going to do it at all, and I think that was part of the reason of why I was able to do okay. I mean, yeah, I understand what you're saying with a lot of people not having the why and then being too comfortable with their job, but, 
you know, one thing that I always think of when I look back, I think to myself, you know, sometimes I really don't realize how well I have it with regards to being self-unemployed, as you say, is because, you know, I really don't even know what that nine-to-five hustle really looks like. And I think for people who are currently at their nine-to-fives and who are looking to get into real estate investing, you know, they need to see how much better their life could be working for themselves. I mean, you know, not having to deal with the boss and that whole bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. It's Real Life Investor Month here on Real Life Real Estate, talking today to Nick Pappas, who is a wholesaler from the Philadelphia area who has been in the business for less than a year, and he's going to share some of the uh, tips and challenges and rewards and some of his methods that he has used to uh, build this business that he is uh, starting out here in the Philadelphia area. If you have questions for Nick or, I don't know, comments, advice, whatever, you can give us a call at 877-772-9658. Again, 877-772-9658. Or you can send us an email. What you do is you go to realliferealestate.com, click the Ask a Question button, fill in your email, and where you're writing from and we will get it here at the studio we'll be back right after this welcome back to real life real estate investing i'm your host vena jones cox talking today to nick pappas i know you've never heard of him that's because you don't live in philadelphia (laughs) and you haven't heard of every great real estate investor out there you've heard of the ones who are out there selling products and we're talking this month to people who are just out there doing the real estate business. Uh, so, Nick, wholesaling yes. is, is your thing. And um, t- tell us how many deals you've done. You said you've been in, doing the business about a year. How many deals have you done during that time? So, I've been in business about a year, and I would say, give or take, I've done about 10 mm-hmm. right around there. And you know, the funny thing is, I can't give an exact number on that, is because I honestly lost count somewhere after four or five, and, you know, <laughs> I, I talk, you know, and in the beginning, I remember talking to a lot of people who were doing a lot better than me, and, you know, I say, you know, Mark or John, you know, how many deals are you, how many deals have you done, and, you know, they, these guys have done hundreds of deals before, and it always amazed me, they were like, yeah, you're going to lose count after, like, four or five, and that's exactly <laughs> what happened. So, so roughly, and I know, I know that, the, like like most people, your ramp up period was a period where you weren't doing a lot of deals. I mean, that you, you say a year and ten deals, and people are going, they're doing the math, and they're saying, oh, he's done about one a month. Well, no, it was zero for the first three months, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then it was more than one a month uh, after that. Uh, what is your goal for this year? Um, so I am projecting. You know, I want to hit somewhere. Um, it's a pretty lofty goal. I mean, for me, coming from what I've done so far, I want to hit somewhere around 36 wholesale deals. And, you know, that averages out to about three a month. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You have a plan for doing that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it pretty much consists of, you know, a lot of marketing. And that's pretty much what I come back to. I mean, you know, you just have to know your numbers, know how many leads, you know, it takes to convert into a deal and then go from there and then ramp it up to how much you want to do. Mm-hmm. Right now, you're, you're, you and your father are sort of working together. I know he takes the incoming calls and then sends you out to go negotiate the deals and evaluate them and find the buyers and all of that sort of stuff. Exactly. When you, when you effectively triple the number of deals that you're going to do, because last year, 10, this year, 36, it's a little more than three times as many deals. 
are you looking at bringing anybody else into that process? You know, I haven't really given that much that too much thought. Um, I've spoken to it briefly with my father a little bit. Well, actually, I've spoken to him a lot more than just briefly, but um, I don't think I'll, I don't think I'll have to just yet. But that's something I'm really not going to be able to judge until I actually ramp it up and see you know, what the calls looks like for all that stuff. So, I mean, we'll see how that goes. And, and what you said, what you just said is so important that you will figure it out. <laughs> you know, you t- I, I haven't really, I haven't really thought about it. It's possible it could happen. If it becomes necessary, then I will figure out what to do because that, that sort of ready fire aim um, philosophy is common to most successful real estate entrepreneurs most of the people who have to have everything like detailed out to the nth degree and and a, a one year, two year, and five year plan all written out and end up never doing anything because they, they exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I totally get that as well. I mean, listen, I could sit here for three weeks and decide should I hire someone, should I bring someone on, should I do this, should I do that. But you know, you know, honestly, that's a pretty good problem to have. You know, needing to bring on someone else to your team. So I'll worry about that when I get there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, at the same time, I don't want listeners to have just heard me say, "Don't, don't line anything up." You know, I don't. I, I did not just say, "Don't have goals." Don't have you know a plan about how to get to the goals. Like you said, you you know you need to triple the amount of marketing and triple the amount of incoming calls to triple the amount of deals. So that's that's mm-hmm. part one of the plan, and it is a plan. But the other thing we need to emphasize is that you did not jump into this with zero education. No, I mean you, you. You put that in place before you went out and started making offers and so on. Um, I know you joined the local real estate association up there, um, Jim Zaspel. Absolutely, group. yeah. Can't think of the can't think of the name of the group, but uh, the one Jim Zaspel has up there. And yes. uh, I know you have been completely unafraid to ask questions of any human being who would answer them for you. I mean, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, I'm, I try to be like a sponge when it comes to real estate. You know, I try to listen to a lot of different people, and I like to get tips and tricks for doing as many things as possible, you know, because, you know, the more you know from different people, you know, the more it opens up your knowledge base, and you know how to handle more issues when they come your way. Um, the thing that uh, is interesting about wholesaling is that, you know, in the real estate investing world, at least I think, it's obviously a very well-known strategy, but if you talk to the average person who is in real estate to some extent, and you say wholesaling, like, what's wholesaling? And you kind of have to explain the whole thing and explain the whole thing of what you do and how you do it. So, you know, it's not a very generalized thing, actually, um, to the general population. So you do need a specific set of skills and knowledge to really figure out how things how things work and how to make them work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, let's, uh, let's drill in on how it is that you have managed to do 10 deals in a year when most people who set out to do wholesaling do zero deals in a year. And that's, I mean, that, that's a true statistic. If you, if you, if you look at a real estate investing group, if you look at any boot camp on wholesaling, any home study course on wholesaling or any other topic that people order um, at the end of the day, about 20% of the people do what you did, which is take the information and go full bore with it. About 20% more will do something. You know, they'll, they'll go out and do a deal or, you know, at least make some offers or something. And the other 60% literally let the thing rot on their shelves. They just, they don't even, they don't even take action number one about it. So 
secrets of your success? What are your best ways of finding your wholesale deals? Uh, as of right now, in the way the market is, uh, I found my best wholesale deals through direct mail and direct mail primarily. Um, you know, we're all looking for off-market deals, and I think that is the best um, use of your marketing dollars with regards to sourcing these deals. Do you know how rare it is to hear a 24-year-old say anything other than online? <laughs> I mean, all all of us people who are older, you know, us, us 29-year-olds, we we all know that <laughs> direct mail is still the... It, it it's the thing that it's easiest to get somebody's attention with, right? Yeah. Like I I I I didn't check my emails for a whole day because I drove up to Cleveland yesterday to um, help support a new group that just started up there. So it's 24 hours between times I opened up my email box, and I got 170 emails during that time. You know how many letters I got in my mailbox today? Two. How many? Two. Exactly, and they call your attention, right? Right. I, I, I looked at both of those very carefully, you know. <laughs> and but 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 there's, I, I I hate to use the term your generation, but a lot of the folks in <laughs> it is my generation. <laughs> no, you're right. A lot of the folks in your generation are very are very into the idea that everything can be done online, and that and that anything you're doing that's more analog is you know it's just it's just not it's not cool and it's not it's not the way people do things anymore, but the reality is your, your typical seller is probably twice your age, aren't they? No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so those, those are folks who are not as likely to go online to find a service, like who's going to buy my junker house. Right. So yep. the, the, the direct mail thing, you are, you are just dead on, on that. What is the typical type of property that you're finding yourself wholesaling? Is it more the is it more the rental type property, or is it more the I'm going to sell it to a retailer who's going to fix it up and resell it to a homeowner? You know, so far, I think pretty much all of my deals have been rental type deals to landlords. I mean, you know, I'm in a very dense, densely populated area over here in Philly, um, and surprisingly, even though I am on the East Coast, we do have a lot of you know the lower end rental type neighborhoods, and so that's where that's where I've been successful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So your your typical buyer is somebody who's going to fix it and rent it. And mm-hmm. uh, rents, by the way, as, I, as I've looked at the rents that people can get in Philadelphia versus here in Cincinnati, they're actually significantly higher for the, for the same yeah. property than they, they would be in, in uh, Cincinnati. So I imagine that makes Philly a pretty hot rental market. How are you finding these landlords and landlord wannabes? Uh, my best methods for these for these landlord type buyers has honestly been you know ads online. I mean that's one aspect where I think with regards to finding prospects, I think you know someone can do pretty well finding buyers online either through Craigslist or Postlet ads or things or things like that. And other than that, I mean pretty much bandit signs. I mean if you put out bandit signs to sell a deal, I mean that's pretty effective as well. Mhm. Mhm. So mail for the mail for the sellers. Craigslist, similar types of, and they, they, I mean, there's a million sites now that you can basically post house for sale ads for free, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I know yep. there's, uh, if you if you use some of the um, some of the sites that that propagate uh, those ad, those ads out, you can go to one site, put in your ad, and it'll go to Craigslist and Zillow and Trulia and exactly you know, a, a hundred other ones. So uh, it hasn't it hasn't for you so much been based on I have this big buyers list that I used to call people it's been more i put the i put the property out there and let it sell itself 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm not, again, you can get into analysis paralysis with that if you think you need to have 15 million buyers in order to start looking for deals. Um, I'm under the impression that it's best that if you have a great deal, you'll be able to find a buyer for it. So I think, but at the same time, you know, that's not to be say, you know, you should also be, you know, scouting out buyers as well. But I think if you have a great deal, you you shouldn't have any trouble selling it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. It's Real Life Real Estate Month here on Real Life Real Estate Investing, where everybody is just a successful real estate investor in some stage of the career. Talking today to Nick Pappas, who is at the beginning stages of his career, been in the business about a year. If you have any questions for Nick about best ways to get started, ways he does deals, um, any anything you'd like to say to him, you can give us a call at 877-772-9658. Or you can go to our website at realliferealestate.com, uh, put the question in the ask a question box and send it on over. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vena Jones-Cox, talking today to Nick Pappas from the Philadelphia area, a relatively new wholesaler. He's been in the business for about a year. Done 10 deals, has big plans for this year. Going to do 30 deals in the upcoming year, 36 deals in the next upcoming year. I think you should do 30 deals and take a three-week vacation, Nick. I think that's the, oh, that be okay. that's the, that's the real plan. Um, taking questions for Nick at 877-772-9658 or at realliferealestate.com. Just go on there and enter your question in the ask a question box. Uh, when you're there, you might notice that there are, there's an archive of the past Real Life Real Estate shows, 200 programs there on, sooner last time I counted, it's probably, you know, you lose count after like the first 200. And uh, you can always listen to old shows, um, download them and listen to me in your car 24-7. There's often uh, an offer of some sort for Real Life Real Estate listeners there on the site. Like right now there's an offer to uh, try out the Inner Circle program for $5, for a $5 pledge to WMKV. And what that gets you is a month of weekly webinars, free advice, you get to email me with questions if you have questions about your real estate business. And if you like it, it's thirty nine ninety seven a month. Um, again, that'll, you'll, see the, you'll see the charge on your card will say WMKV or Maple Knoll Village. It will not say Vena because this is all a pledge to public radio. And uh, I don't know, just stay connected. You know, a lot of, a lot of good stuff there at realliferealestate.com. I have a question here from JC in Las Vegas. He says... If you could go back a year and give yourself advice, what would you tell yourself to do differently based on what you know now versus before you got started in the business? Uh, that's an easy one. Honestly, I would tell myself just to consistently market because I think one of the reasons why, honestly, I didn't do more deals uh, this past year was just because I, I, ha I wasn't consistent uh, with my marketing. So market and don't stop the marketing going out just because you have a property under contract. Exactly. I mean, that, that was one of my biggest hangups early on. You know, I would, I would market, 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 get a deal. And as soon as I got that property under contract, I solely focused on finding a buyer for that deal. And, you know, my marketing was not going out in the meantime. And then, you know, found a buyer, sold a deal, got paid, and now I'm kind of back at square one. So I, I would say for most people, 
um, the main thing to do is just to really keep consistent with the marketing. Very good. A question from Mark David, who is from Sanibel Island, Florida. He says, this is very interesting to me. I am also a new investor. I'm curious about how Nick went about finding the team members and advisors he needed to get deals done. Sometimes I feel like when I'm talking to people like attorneys and title agents here as a brand new investor, they don't respect me or want to tell me anything because they don't believe that I will be ever giving them any business. Uh huh. Well, I mean, pretty much if you're just starting out, the, your most important team member, and I, I can pretty much tell you from now, is going to be your title agent. I mean, your title agent really is everything. I mean, they can make you or they can break you. Um, you know, just, you know, you have to find someone who's obviously investor friendly. And I would say the best place to do that is, you know, ask around at the, at the RIA meetings and, uh, you know, go from there, see who they refer you to and uh, say who you were referred by to the owner of the title company and take it from there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so just i mean i guess the advice to mark david is just be brave and (laughs) yeah i mean i'm sorry if that wasn't really that helpful i mean yeah just pretty much be brave tell them what your business is about what you do um you know you're gonna you're gonna be bringing deals to him to close on a fairly consistent basis and you know just take it from there yeah and and mark david you live you live in a market that is pretty pricey and it's possible that you are somehow giving off a vibe that you can't play in that market. I mean, I've, I've been to Sanibel Island and I, wherever I go in the entire world, I'm always picking up real estate magazines and seeing what things sell for and rent for and so on. And, you know, you may be, it may be that they, I don't know, you have a look or a way that you are talking to people where it doesn't, feel to them like you can play in a market where you know the median house price is probably four hundred thousand plus dollars so you might want to you might want to think that through too and i'm not saying you need that money because obviously you don't need money to do real estate if you have knowledge but um it just might you know my feel is that maybe they they are used to dealing with people with very big money and maybe you're not coming off that way somehow so uh something to think about i'm not saying that that's the case because i don't know you but it's a possibility. Uh, so, Nick, let's talk about. Um, y- you did something recently that a lot of people uh, aspire to do, almost like jokingly. Like someday, I want to get a free house, right? Yeah, <laughs> because <laughs> you know, like, like, like that's some sort of a. I don't know. It's like a milestone. Like you get a trophy on your. When we play video games, you get those trophies. It's like you get a trophy in your uh, on your shelf for doing that. But you literally found someone who was pretty much willing to give away a house recently. Well, yeah, here's, uh, here's the, the story with that deal. So I picked up this deal, which I was playing on wholesaling sometime in late August. Um, I picked it up for about seven grand, and I was playing the wholesale for about 13. And, you know, the deal, for whatever reason, wasn't moving. You know, it, it was in the lower-end rental area. It needed a lot of repair. And for whatever reason, it just, you know... I, I couldn't move it. You know, I was baffled. And then so pretty much what we ended up doing was I went back to the seller and I told him, listen, you know, we let's try doing this another way. And so I told him the offer that I presented was I'll buy your house for seven for seven thousand. Um, but it's going to have to be uh, nothing down, no interest and seven thousand dollars and seventy dollars a month until paid. And, 
you know, he, I was on the phone with him, and, you know, he thought about it for a minute, and then he was like, okay, I can do it for 75 <laughs> And So, so he, uh, he wanted to negotiate the payments. Yeah, he wanted to negotiate the payments. And, uh, <laughs> he didn't, want to, he didn't so, want to take 70 a month. He wanted to take 75 a month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. So um, we're actually still we're working out the uh, details of that deal as we speak. Uh, so well, let's see what I'm going to do with that. I'm probably going to sell it on terms to a landlord buyer and then make it more attractive for someone coming in. That's less than most people's cable bill. Yeah. You bought a, you bought a house for less than most people's cable bill every month. That, Pretty much. And, yeah. and, and you know, most, most wholesalers wouldn't even know to go back and say that, right? It's either, it's either the cash price works or it doesn't. So what was it that made you think it's not working on cash, so maybe it'll, but maybe it'll work on terms, and I should go ask the guy? You know what? I've been doing some research recently, and I know of some other investors all over the country who are a little bit a little bit more well versed with regards to creative financing than I am. And so, you know, I just went around, you know, asking questions here and there, and you know, it's a you know, it's a more of a, an attractive way of offering terms to a buyer. I mean, instead of having to come, you know, with all with cash for all that money to closing and then having to shell out another you know twenty grand for the repairs. You know, they can get in with very little money and then put that money towards the rehab and just pay you off over time with interest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing, and we're talking uh, today to Nick Pappas. And when I say we, I'm not using the royal we. You can talk to him as well. Just give us a call at 877-772-9658 or send an email, which you do by going to realliferealestate.com, clicking that button that says ask a question, filling in the question, and hitting the send button. I have a question here from Brent in Cincinnati, Ohio. He says, I'm curious, based on your age, have you faced any skepticism from any experienced wholesale buyers when you were offering them deals, uh, particularly since you were new and young? And if so, how did you break through and overcome their doubts? Yeah, you know, in the beginning, started off, you know, I thought, you know, were buyers going to take me seriously? You know, I'm, I'm a younger guy, but, you know, the truth of the matter is, I mean, the numbers don't lie. I mean, you know, these buyers, regardless of your age, I mean, they're going to take a look at the deal and, you know, they're going to see the numbers and they're going to see that, you know, for the most part, you know, the numbers make sense. So, I mean, you know, that's really all that matters, age, you know, old, young, you know, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also suspect that some of that was just that you weren't bothered by your age. Yeah, absolutely. It was, that, that honestly didn't even really, I thought about it early on in the beginning, but that didn't really, you know, play a part in anything. I was going to, you know, do this regardless. And I was going to, you know, I was going to appear to act like I knew what I'm doing, even though I didn't, you know, know a whole ton in the beginning. But again, that all comes back to, you know, being, you know, properly educated in the field, you know, I, I suggest to anyone to get a mentor, you know, do the whole thing, because again, this stuff does, you know, you don't need to be a brain surgeon, but you definitely do need to have a specific set of skills. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's been my observation that people see what they expect to see in this business. And, and I've said this before in regards to things like, is there any private money out there? Folks who think, well, 
no one would want to do that. It's not a good deal for them. Uh, no one would want to loan me private money because I'm too new. Sure enough, it doesn't matter how much they ask, they can't find any. People who think, yeah, this is a great deal. I would totally do that if I had money. Find it all over the place. I, I suspect, Brent, if you're having trouble with your age, if you're if you're asking this question because you are younger and you feel like you're getting disrespected by wholesale buyers, it might be because that's what you expect. Because I, I can tell you, Nick Nick would not expect such a thing. <laughs> he would expect people to be looking at the deals, not at not at his driver's license to find out, you know, if he's old enough to drink or not. Which, when you look at him, it's hard to tell. So, um, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the challenges of this, because you, it, 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 we've never said here on real life real estate that everything about real estate investing is easy and fun and turnkey. It's work. And sometimes it's, sometimes it's hard work. Sometimes it's boring work. Sometimes it's unpleasant work. Sometimes it's fun work. What have you found? I mean, I'm sure all the guys you graduated from college with are are living leading a different life than you are right now. What have you found some of the challenges are that you deal with that other folks your age don't? Well, you know, again, you know, you're constantly dealing with, you know, again, you know, wholesaling is a game where you're you're trying to help out distressed, you know, homeowners and sellers, and you know, a lot of times, you know. A lot of these deals come with problems. There's, there's title issues that you're sorting out with. You know, everything could line up, and you can have a great deal, a very cooperative seller, and you know, you can have a great buyer, and everything lined up, and you expect to get paid, but then last minute, some type of title issue can blow the deal. I mean, it's happened to me in the past. Um, I think it's just a matter of understanding that this is the business, this is how these things go, and you know, you just have to do the best that you can at the time, and then keep moving forward. I mean, that was one thing that really, you know, really discouraged me in the beginning was, you know. I lost a deal. Um, I had this deal under contract uh, for about four thousand, and I found a buyer literally days later for eighty-five hundred or nine grand. It was, and you know everything was lined up, and then title came back, and the owner, the previous owner, didn't have proper service, and the way that Philadelphia tax sales are over here. They're not recorded the proper way, and so that was a deal that literally, you know, it was going to take thousands of dollars to get an attorney, an attorney involved, involved to fix, and it just really wasn't worth anyone's time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's always heartbreakers out there, yep. in the, in the, and 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 you will still be looking back on that deal ten years from now when you have forgotten all the ones where you actually made money. <laughs> You'll still yeah. be telling that story to people. Because uh, that's that's sort of the way it is. But uh, luckily, the good ones outweigh the bad ones. Uh, we need to take a quick break. If you have any questions for Nick Pappas, who is a newer but quite successful wholesaler from the Philadelphia area, uh, just give us a call at 877-772-9658 or ask it through our website at realliferealestate.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. You can always stay in touch with Real Life Real Estate on Facebook at facebook.com slash real life real estate or through our website at realliferealestate.com. You can even get a weekly update about what's happening here on the show and out in the real estate investing world by signing up on our e-letter list at realliferealestate.com. Every week we send out 
articles by and about our guests or their topics and let you know other stuff that's going webinars things like that that are happening outside of the show itself again that is realliferealestate.com talking today to nick pappas he is a newer wholesaler from the philadelphia area and talking about um sort of what the opportunities are challenges are how he does his business what his plans are moving forward and um nick we should say that toward the end of the year last year you you also started expanding your horizons to look at uh more expensive properties that were in better shape that could be done creatively uh yeah that's something i haven't ventured too much in just yet i'm still learning uh with regards to that um i've spoken to a couple people here and there but yeah my the other thing I wanted to get into was also, you know, more lease options, buying on more creative financing terms like wrap mortgages and things like that in more higher end neighborhoods because on the one end, you know, we have also we have our low end rental neighborhoods, but also just a little bit outside of Philadelphia we have a lot of nicer price range homes as well. Mhm. So there there is a longer term plan here than just I'm gonna wholesale for the rest of my life. Yeah, exactly. I mean obviously as soon as I you know, like I said, I'm just pretty much going along with it and seeing where wholesaling takes me. Obviously, if I find a good deal that fits my criteria as a rental, I'll keep that for myself. Um, I actually another deal actually you actually bring up a good point. I recently found a deal um, that I am picking up, which is in not too bad shape that we're closing on next week, and that's when I actually picked up for a thousand bucks. So I'm not exactly sure what my exit strategy is going to be with that one just yet, but I'm probably going to offer some type of creative terms to a buyer on that one. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry, I'm trying to get over the idea that you've got a $1,000 house that's not in too bad a shape and you're not keeping it. Because <laughs> I would be, I would be yeah. really I'd be really tempted to throw a few thousand dollars into it and rent it because yeah. that's... You you find those deals in, in flyover country. You know, you're probably not going to find it in Boston or... LA or someplace like that but you know in most most of the rest of the country you can uh, find deals like that but I don't think that they're super common you know don't don't be sitting there going oh another one will come around pretty soon because you know know, the fact that it was one of your first 10 doesn't mean that every 10th deal is gonna it's gonna look (laughs) like that get used to this (laughs) exactly Um, so we talked about the challenges what do you find to be the biggest rewards of being in business for yourself uh, the biggest reward for me, honestly, is just you know going out and doing something on your own. Honestly, you know, not having to listen to a boss or be somewhere at a certain time. I have to be here by nine. I have to have this done by two. This done by four. I have to be here at five. It's just a matter of you know living life and you know business on my own terms. Uh, that, that, that's what I would have to say would be the most rewarding thing for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's that's not necessarily for everyone. You know, there's there's some people who like their days to be more structured who don't i don't know work well on their own things like that and there's there's a wide variety of of things that one can do in real estate and thus there is a wide variety of uh fits right because uh, we I, I, i'm looking at a question here from Marilyn who lives in newport kentucky and she says I didn't hear him mention it, but I'm going to assume that Nick does not have a spouse or any children. It might be a lot harder for someone who did to pull the trigger, give up a job, and go into real estate full-time. And that, that's accurate. Of 
course. I mean, listen, that that, that is very accurate. I am young. Um, so with regards to, you know, just coming out of college, I can obviously take a little bit more risk than, you know, the average 40- to 50-year-old can take. I mean, that's just that's just uh, the way it is. But, again, I mean, if you're serious about doing it, you know, you'll make time for it. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about advice for the other 80%. You know, you're you're firmly in the twenty percent of people who you just you got the information, you did what you were supposed to do, it worked like it was supposed to work. Assuming that there's people in that eighty percent who actually want it badly enough to to do something about it, what what pieces of advice would you give them? You know, you really have to give it your all. I mean, you have to wake up with this drive in you that, you know, you pretty much have to think, you know, what am I going to do today to get a deal? You know, what's it going to take? Am I going to do Craigslist? Am I going to do direct mail? Uh, Am I going to network with people? You know, what's it really going to take? And I think that, you know, at least I know it was for me, it doesn't really become real to you until you get that that first check. And then you really understand that, you know, this has now become – a reality. It's not something I read in the manual. It's not something I read about online. People are saying that they're doing this, but you know, I'm a firm believer in that. A lot of people are negative because you know it's just not their reality yet. And so I think just breaking that mold at first is what is what lets a lot of people you know take off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So f- focus on the stuff that's important for doing deals. I mean, it sounds like one of the things that you work on every day is how am I going to get a deal today? Exactly. As as opposed to how am I going to come up with a great logo design for my LLC that is never, ever going to buy me a house, no matter how good it is. <laughs> exactly. I mean, listen, yeah, you, you, you can sit there all day and, you know, design a website, you know, design a business card, all these things, you know, but that's that's really not helping you you know, get buyers or sellers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and, and that, of course, that, that advice of focus on stuff that's actually important is even more important for people who have full-time jobs. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very easy to get caught up in the, uh, in the minutia of, of, you know, these tasks that aren't going to bring you together buyers and sellers. But I would say for anyone who has a full-time job and they're trying to really get this started, um, Start marketing to sellers in some way, shape, or form, and then take it from there. And that, that's what I would say. I mean, then the business is going to seem a lot more real to you, and then you just ramp it up from there. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you think – I mean, you've you've networked. You've met a lot of other local investors up there. Absolutely. And, and, and actually, I know you, you came to the OREA convention, met people there, and so on. Is there anything about yourself that you think is um, – at all responsible for your success? Is there anything that you see missing in in folks who are more the wannabe type than the actual doing it type? Uh, The thing is for me and what really, really pushed me and that I think a lot of people don't, I think a lot of people, just a lot of people lack drive and vision because they just don't see how it could be real. You know, I always got into this in the beginning you know, with this mindset that one day, whether it be a year from now, you know, five years from now, or even two months from now, I'm going to be doing three, four, five, six deals a month. And, you know, that, that type of that type of deal flow is, is seriously life-changing money. And I think that, you know, once people have their why in place, you know, it's a lot easier to scale it from there. And then, 
do the daily tasks need to be done to get there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, I hate to quote Nancy Reagan because you weren't born when her husband was in office, but <laughs> it kind of sounds like you're saying just just do it, <laughs> get the education, go do it. It'll prove itself. Exactly. Any final words of advice for other folks out there who might be struggling to get a business started? I would say the first thing to do uh, if you're struggling is talk to someone who's done a lot of deals and, you know, listen and do exactly as they tell you to do. Take their advice and just go from there, you know. There's been a lot of people before me, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of people after me who have made a lot of money in this business, and I am pretty much a firm believer in that. Again, there's always new ways to reinvent the wheel, but, you know, let's be honest here. You know, everything under the sun has been done before, so just take advice from people who have been, you know, more successful than you, and that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Great advice and congratulations on all of your success, Nick. And uh, you know, maybe we'll maybe we'll talk again next year and see if you hit that big audacious goal of uh, of thirty six deals in the. Oh, uh, now you're holding it. You're holding me to it now. I am. I am. Accountability. Right. Accountability from all real life real estate listeners. Uh, but do appreciate it. Uh, next week on Real Life Real Estate, uh, we're going to talk about the fundamental things that all successful real estate investors know and uh, how you can get those things yourself without spending a fortune on it. So don't forget to tune in next week and we will be back with more information to put you on the path to success in real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. Happy investing.